Hey, WRC fam. Are you a school counselor looking for support and mentorship? I've launched the Well-Rounded Counselor Facebook group. There, you'll find lots of encouragement and community from counselors all over the world. You can join the live trainings where you can connect and learn from myself and others. It's a safe and private group, and only you have to answer a few questions to join. I'll leave the link down in the show notes, but what are you waiting for? Join today, and I'll see you in the group. Welcome to the WRC Podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Marie, and you're in the right place. Here at the Well-Rounded Counselor Podcast, what you can expect is to learn, shift your thinking, and gain personal and professional growth. And if you have not yet done so, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast episode. The conversation starts now. Welcome back, everybody. Here is another episode of the WRC podcast. And today I am so excited to bring you a very close friend of mine. I'm just about to introduce her. But before we get started, make sure you head over to YouTube and my Instagram and my Facebook page and you subscribe and share and like and get involved with the WRC community. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce Whitney Amanda Horsham, who is a proud Florida A&M University alum and Black Girl Magic enthusiast with over 13 years of experience working with children and families in nonprofit organizations and international schools. She Carmen San Diego her way out of the United States in 2014 to start her journey working as a school counselor internationally. Since then, Whitney Amanda has completed seven successful years in four countries as a K-12 social, emotional, and college and career counselor, curating therapeutic and creative spaces to support and encourage student development through individual counseling and peer group support. As a first-generation Trinidadian American, Whitney Amanda is deeply passionate about being the person she needed when she was navigating the world as a child and teaching young people how to love and believe in themselves despite the what the world may say. When she's not inflicting her chronic optimism and guidance upon her students and clients, Whitney Amanda can be found collecting triple word scores in Scrabble, trapezing around the globe, soaking up cultures and languages, and adding amazing people to her incredible tribe. On a personal note, Whitney is an amazing counselor who I've gotten to know through many of our professional uh, networking and international trips as my go-to travel buddy. Whitney is such a magnetic person who is so easy to talk to and gives such insightful advice. And I absolutely love talking with her about work, personal life, and pretty much anything under the sun because I know that she's always going to give me the best advice possible. And you know, I know you will love her too. I'm so proud to call her my friend. Please welcome Whitney Amanda Horsham to the WRC podcast. Yay! Hi, Kat. Hey, girl. How are you? I am so, 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 so excited um, to be able to chat with you today about a topic that I think we both could talk for hours about. Oh, definitely. And, you know, we, <laughs> we, we do. We do. We definitely talk about these topics all the time. And it's just we laugh about it. It's just like no matter how far away or how close we are to each other, Whitney, we exactly. go through the same struggles no matter where we're at in the world. And it's just such a joy and privilege to know that I can lean on you and talk with you about literally anything and know that the struggle is real, girl. And we go through it together and we can laugh about it and cry about it and whinge about it. 
And, and I'm so excited that you have this platform now. Like I know when we were talking about doing this together, um, I was telling you that I actually listened to you all the time. And then I felt bad because I was like, I should have, I should tell her that when I listen, like I think you, getting that kind of feedback helps where you know that people are listening um, because you're kind of just putting it out there for the world to hear and not really sure like, who was picking up from what and what are they thinking? Oh yeah, so and I you know what? It. it was such a surprise, a pleasant surprise to to know that somebody is listening to what I'm <laughs> sharing and and let alone it be you who I look up to yeah. and admire and I learned so much from. So I'm just so grateful to have you here. And Whitney, yeah. um, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became a counselor, a little bit about your journey and what you're currently up to. Sure. So um, I stumbled into college counseling in 2014 on my first international experience of um, working abroad, right? So before that, I was working mostly in nonprofit foster care prevention, foster care spaces. Um, so working through or for the city uh, with child protection and child welfare. And then I wanted to leave the United States for a number of reasons. And um, I think my entry point was through counseling to some degree. I got connected to the school in Doha, Qatar. And I thought I was just going to be, you know, supporting the kids uh, K through 12. I was a little overwhelmed by that, but I had worked with kids from through those age ranges anyway. And during orientation, my principal was like, oh, our new social, emotional and career and college counselor. I was like, what? <laughs> a what? I don't even know what that is. And I'm looking at him and he's like, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I was so <laughs> confused. And I had never, ever in my life guided anybody through a college application post-graduation experience. I had never done it. Um, a majority of the children that I worked with were not en route to, to um, university directly post my doing work with them anyway. So I just, it just never came up. A lot of it was supporting them staying in school in high school and middle school. So this was completely new to me. Um, and after that first year of kind of stumbling and learning as I went along, I fell in love with it. And I've been holding on to that career path since then and um, learning and developing as I went along. And I ended up in Dubai in 2015. And that's where I got to meet you. Yes. <laughs> networking and through the most serendipitous, like my goodness, like I don't know if we're gonna have time to go through that story, but wow, what a story. And um, after Dubai, I moved to the Netherlands and I was doing independent um, guidance. And then I went to Germany and I was working there for a little while. And now I'm back in the Netherlands, um, professionally, officially not working with high school students anymore, but I still do uh, the college and career guidance on the side because I'm still obsessed with it and I love it so much and I can't stop doing it. So that's where I am now. I'm in the Netherlands working at an international school. Amazing. And how did you like want to even make that transition from the States to go abroad? Do you want to go into a little more detail about that? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's mainly because of my own university experience where I did not know what I was doing. I did 
did not have enough guidance. I, from, with my parents, I am first generation American and I'm also first generation to uh, attend university for my, within my family, my immediate family. So aunts and uncles, yes, but my mother and father did not attend university formally and the application process was really confusing for them as well. And I went to an international school and my guidance counselor did the best he could, I'm sure. And now that I've done the work that he's done, I already know how overwhelmed he must have been being the only guidance counselor at an international school too. So he did his best, but I think I there was a lot of gaps where I didn't understand the financial aspect or um, the options that I could, uh, I could avail. And I ended up going to two different schools. I ended up uh, applying for school student loans and not really knowing how to navigate financial aid appropriately. And I ended up in financial aid um, student loan debt. So after a few years of working in nonprofit and working in that in that field, I realized that I was never going to be able to climb out of that debt if I continued on the path I was on. And after um, a very random trip to Doha to visit a family member who was on assignment there, I encountered people from all walks of life, um, specifically women, um, who were wives, mothers, single women, younger, older than me, um, educators, BBC anchors, um, fashionistas, like all these people at this event that my cousin held. And I didn't, I realized like, oh my gosh, I could do this too. And they were talking about like how affordable it is and how much they were able to kind of pare back their debt and, um, or achieve goals like owning homes and owning land just from living abroad, specifically in the GCC area. So after I learned that, I got back to New York in April set my little CV out and by June I had a job offer so I was ready to um, experience the world at large I was ready to experience um, a different level of like income and um, benefits and perks and all those things that you just could not get in the states and that's how I was able to pay back a majority of my student loans and get to a more debt-free place. Yes, yes. I can definitely see myself in your story. And I'm sure people who are listening could probably resonate with bits and pieces that you've shared. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the roles you had. Um, I know our story is quite interesting how we met. And I know at the time where you were working, you were the main counselor for K-12 school. Yeah. And then you've also worked in teams. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the roles you had and maybe some additional responsibilities you had to take on in those roles? Oh my goodness. Okay. So <laughs> the first one, yeah, K through 12 college and career counselor. And I was very confused by that. Um, it, it felt impossible, but I, you know, you figure it out. Then when I moved to Dubai, I, it was the same role. Um, it just felt like a, a bit of a smaller school. So it felt slightly more manageable, but still very complicated. And I know you understand that because you were there before me. I had heard about Katrina, Katrina, Katrina before and what Katrina had in order, which he was um, trying to do with the students and how I could kind of pick up where you left off. And then we ended up bumping into each other at a, was it, was it Kuwait? It was when we went on a trip to Kuwait. Yeah. A professional like, development trip. Yeah. <laughs> so random. Um, <laughs> and then it was like magic ever since like we clicked immediately and it's just been inseparable ever since. And I love that. I think that um, trip yeah. to Kuwait changed our lives. 
and the trajectory of our friendship and our professional Absolutely. working relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yes. How crazy. Just that one little moment. I remember where I saw you was on the um, little uh, bus to the, to get to the plane from the gate to the plane. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. Um, yeah. So in the, in the roles, like the second role at that school, it was still college and career uh, K through 12. But I also think that the location that you're in and the, the dynamic or the culture of the school dictates what support you offered. So I think you understand this. In that school, there was a lot of support offered to admin where you spent a lot of time kind of supporting the leadership and what was happening in the school as well, um, particularly from a social emotional uh, perspective. And then supporting staff too, where if the staff are not okay, the kids are not okay. So it it kind of organically happened to where you were not only responsible for K through 12 social emotional, doing the lessons, understanding how to teach them about big emotions and how to manage their emotions, how to express themselves, um, different topics like bullying or um, relational aggression or anxiety, um, time management, um, organizational skills, things like that. And then on top of that, now we're supporting students um, with their paths post-graduation. And in certain regions, that can look very different as well. So you're kind of like navigating these new spaces as you go, trying to understand, even culturally being in that school, a lot of the time marriage came up for high school students where I didn't know how to handle that. Like at marriage, who's getting married? You're 18 <laughs> or 17 or something. Yeah. And it's just, it's trying to figure that out as well. So like now we're talking to parents and we're trying to support parents and supporting their kids and being somebody different than who they were when they were children. It just, it, it's so layered and so complex. Um, you can end up being a lot of things at any given time, at any given point during the day. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, working in that environment, I know what it's like at that school because I had worked there, like you mentioned. And I think that was a big eye-opening experience for myself. And, you know, what things would you have liked to have known going into that job? Because I know for me, there was just so many cultural factors that I didn't understand when I went into that kind of environment. And I know for me, I would have liked to have that knowledge going into a role like that. How about yourself? Uh, same. I didn't understand the implications of the host country for an international school. That didn't occur to me because when I attended international school, the host country was our, my country of, not origin, but my family's country of origin. So I was what would be called a local international student. So it wasn't as jarring or confusing trying to adjust to the culture um, at school. So when I get to these international schools in spaces that I had never really experienced beyond work, um, understanding what Emirati culture actually is and what my exposure to their children would entail, um, the some of the preconceived notions that I had upon arrival to their country had to be dispelled quite quickly. Otherwise, there was a lot of opportunity to cause harm or um, to miss opportunities to support. So I do kind of wish that for international employees, anybody, but particularly educators who are um, connecting with children to have more of a cultural competency and really understanding what this means, what it means to work with a majority Muslim student body or all girl student body Mm -hmm. or mostly a local population student body, what that means for your role, it may not look the same as it did when I was working in New York, or even when I was working in Doha, it was a big difference. Oh, I'm sure. Now, what 
what is your like work-life balance? Because I know for us as counselors, sometimes certain parts of the year, it becomes so hectic. And we were just talking about this prior to this call about how our work is getting multiplied and how do you find balance and how do you find, you know, just that, that ability to switch off from work? Do you ever switch off? No. And that's, I know that is, I was in waking up this morning and I was, my partner was asking me how I was feeling. And I was like, you know, I still have this headache. And I thought it was something specific that was happening. It was just like this (laughs) never ending headache that's been going on since Tuesday. And he's like, well, you have been on screens a lot lately. And I, I, I paused because I was going to say, no, I haven't. But then I had to pause and reflect and like, yeah, I, I have actually been on screens a lot lately. And that is, for me, and I think a lot of um, people who work in the roles that we work in struggle with that that switch off, right? Where it, our switching off can almost feel like abandonment or rejection in our own minds, you know, where I set myself up to where I am supporting students and staff at work. And then I come home and I'm supporting my friends and family at home, or I want to support students externally with their um, post-graduation Uh, experience or trajectory and when you do that now you're communicating with spaces that are not in the same time zone as you or don't operate on the same business days as you and when you end up doing that now you're working 24 hours a day seven days a week because of time zones and days and who you're supporting and when you're supporting them and why you're supporting them Um, and it becomes very enmeshed and difficult to know where to draw the line and cut it off Um, And that's hard because part of it is also passion, right? I don't think anybody, I've never encountered anybody who became a counselor for the money. I assure you of that. And usually (laughs) it's for like these really altruistic reasons where it's like at their core, their passion is supporting people. So how do you turn that off and redirect that energy for yourself because you know what they say about an empty vessel, you know, you're just digging in there with that cup and it's empty. There's nothing else to pour out. Um, what do you do? So I'm still in that part of my journey where I'm trying to figure out work-life balance. What ends up happening is I it gets very abrupt for me. Um, my notifications are off on my phone completely. I won't know if somebody called me or texted me unless I go into that, that part of my phone intentionally. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's not, that's not, um, it's not good. You know, sometimes I miss things now. It's just, it's kind of like this extreme of either I'm all the way on or I'm all the way off. And I'm still trying to find that balance. Yeah, absolutely. I did talk about in another episode, every counselor needs a counselor, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they really do. And I was like pumping my fist, like, that's right. (laughs) Every counselor needs a counselor because, um, although we pour ourselves out for other people, we need someone to pour into us so we can refill our bucket and show up even better and be 1% better every single day for other people. And I think there's something, like you said, very intrinsic on the inside of us. We just have this natural ability to want to help people and Mm -hmm. be of of service and, 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 and in a, in a, 
in a good way to other people, yeah, be of service. Completely selfless. It, completely selfless. Yeah, you have to be so selfless in this in this job because as we were saying, like we have to take on so many tasks in a day. And sometimes things are more urgent than others because they may be considered a crisis, especially when a kid just shows up at your door in tears and needs right. to talk to you and your calendar's booked up till next Tuesday. And then you got applications and essays and you got to change a kid's schedule in the thick of it. It's just like, there's not enough to go around to help everybody, but some way, somehow you pull it together. And in that moment, you just have to make that choice to say, okay, I will help you. And you try to be as solution focused in that moment and efficient. Is it always the best? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. That's debatable, but you're right. Like it's, it's, you know, we have to always talk and lean on each other to help each other. So, and that in itself is a way that we can find balance, you know, is when we find, when we, when we have a mentor, we talk to somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I think you say it um, perfectly when you talk about like who, like the pouring back into us where you constantly, you, well, not even constantly, you're not always aware of the fact that you're hitting the bottom of your bucket, right? And you find those ways, you manipulate those ways during the day. And at the end of the day, you, I don't even know if you reflect enough on the fact that you had to do that. Like, what does that, you know, crying student or upset student or that frustrated staff member or colleague what does that do to you? You know, when it disrupts what you had in your calendar that is like booked to the brim, you find the space, you find the time, but what does that do to you? Like, I know when I reflect on that moment, immediately I'm like agitated. I'm like, oh my God, what else? What else? What else? What else can I do? I can't, like, what I, like not agitated at the person, but like agitated at the lack of like resources, or the lack of time or the lack of energy or whatever. Like, I want to do this, but I can't. But then you find a way to do it. You push through. It happens. The person's okay. And then you move on with your day. And at the end of the day, then you even think about that, like what that did. Where did you tap in to get that extra space? Exactly. What did you take from to get that? And, you know, this is a universal challenge that every counselor, every type of school will face. Now, quite, quite contrary to the challenges and the struggles, Whitney, what do you love about being a counselor? Like what what makes you just want to continue doing this profession? Because now I know you work with the littles, you used to work with the older kids and now you work with the little kids. Like, what do you love about this profession that makes you want to keep going and challenge yourself and try something new since you've been in this profession over 13 years? Yeah, I think it's the, um, you know, when they talk about like when you smell the top of the baby's head, you know, it's like that. It sounds, I just know this is going to sound creepy, but like, there's this like, (laughs) this like really like this youth, like this like world of potential, like they're not even fully formed physically yet. They're just kind of like figuring it out, like seeing their hands and putting it all together as infants. And I still see that with even like 18 year olds who are about to graduate. It's just like, they're just kind of figuring it out. A lot of the things that they're seeing is still for the first time and being able to be a part of that journey is extremely um, humbling. And I have like a, a deep sense of honor of being connected to children that are kind of making their way through the world, even if it's an eight year old or an 18 year old, like I don't, there's not a huge difference um, for me in that way where you're helping students kind of put things together, understand themselves, understand how they function and how they want to show up in the world. Um, It's really nice. And and it gives me like a sense of purpose and fulfillment, like to be connected to them during that time. Um, 
I always joke and say like, I don't want to work with adults because adults are already done. You know, like it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is kind of uh, projected frustration about adults because I am one and I know how it feels and I can only imagine how difficult it is to be a counselor who supports older people. Um, with kids, there's something very innocent and loving and open. Um, the amount of gratitude that they can dig deep and find and, and present also is quite fulfilling from like a fully selfish place, right? Like there's something about an, a nine-year-old feeling like you've just solved all their problems that you're like, oh, I am capable <laughs> and I can make a difference in this huge, huge, very difficult at times world. Um, so those are the things like it's their innocence, it's their joy, it's their humor, it's the novelty of their worlds where everything just feels so new that you can see it through their eyes and things don't feel as gray and things don't feel as uh, hard. Um, when you get to join them on that journey and that's what keeps me going like um i was telling a colleague the other day even though i'm not working with the high school students i still see them all the time i'm still a part of you know what they're doing on campus and uh, a couple of weeks ago it was senior pictures and it felt so funny because i i had suddenly this image of me and the adults in the building being like this fixture while the children kind of rotate around and there's some colleagues that have been there long enough to have worked with kids when they were in kindergarten who are now graduating and it's just such an incredible like perspective of these kids just kind of revolve through our lives and it's almost like groundhog day you know like oh mm. november it's time for applications up oh, january mm -hmm. it's time for this um, financial aid conversation oh, april ib exams june graduation and it just happens all over again for us but for them every single time it's like this exciting incredible time and we get caught up in that it doesn't feel as boring or as monotonous it's like oh yay senior pictures and look at them look how adorable they look in their suits and ties and their beautiful gowns and their makeup and just feeling so grown up and ready to take on the world it's it's refreshing absolutely i always say that these kids they're moldable still like yeah. we can still shape yeah. and mold them we can and we have choice in how we influence them and the words we choose and how we show up in their lives. And, you know, kind of what you said, it's like kind of Groundhog's Day. We're just going through the motions sometimes of the school year. Like we're just doing the work. But to mm -hmm. them, this is their life. Like this is yeah. their this is their life that we're impacting, you know. And so our work mm -hmm. and how we speak and spend time with them can impact the, tra the trajectory. Yeah, the trajectory of their life. Yeah, That's a hard word. For sure. um, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so it impacts, you know, how they, who they become essentially. So yeah. I agree with you. And that's one of the reasons why I love being a counselor along the same reasons as you is you get to really make a difference in their life. Yeah. Whitney, tell us a little bit about what advice would you give someone who is thinking about becoming a counselor who is thinking about maybe going abroad, who's, you know, maybe a a person just like you, like you kind of just said, you know, you like to mentor the person that you were growing up. What kind of yeah. advice would you give to that, that type of person? Um, and how would you want them to remember this podcast episode? Oh, I would definitely say, I think the first thing that most human beings do when they have an idea or a thought or an interest is like maybe try to talk themselves out of it. Like, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're not, you're not going to be able to do that. That's ridiculous. Why would you think that? Like, don't do that. Um, the idea of leaving 
what I've told people in the past is leaving home wherever you call home and moving somewhere else. Home never leaves. Home never goes away. Home will always be back. Be there to welcome you back if you need to go back. Um, and the worst thing you could do is just like rob yourself of the opportunity to try and succeed or try and fail. Because at least if you try and fail, you know you tried and you know what you might be able to do next time. Um, so always take that opportunity. If you have the thought or the idea or the feeling to do something, go ahead and try and do it. Um, connecting to people who have done it already, no matter what their outcome may look like it was, really getting that feedback. A huge part of my success in moving abroad and starting this work was I was directly connected to people who had already done it, um, who had had a, a range of experiences in, in their, their efforts to do it, and that were at different points of their journey, right? I met, I was connected to people who were on their way out, um, returning to their home countries. I was connected to people, sorry, people who had just started as well and, and were still kind of in that honeymoon phase. And I was kind of, I was connected to people who were in the middle of it, you know, and, and still deciding which trajectory they were going to take next or which way their trajectory was going to take them. Um, so not trying to operate like an island and I'm speaking from experience, not an ivory tower here because I have a personal habit of trying to do things on my own quietly. I can figure this out myself. I don't need anybody, um, but that's not the case. We cannot operate that way. And we benefit so much more by developing a, um, a safe space, like a network and a support system, which is what we were talking about in the beginning of how we were able to connect to each other and then offer each other that kind of advice, even if it's not direct, you know, like I feel like we have had a lot of conversations between us and a lot of what I've learned professionally from you has been through just watching your work ethic and how you navigate those spaces, being able to, sorry, join you on those, um, those sessions like CIS and, and our international trips for work and for play a lot sometimes <laughs> and to see how you kind of set yourself up, the boundaries that you set for yourself, how you speak to people and what your expectations of people are. So remaining connected to your network is super important because you learn directly and indirectly from other people. And it can also help you kind of cut the corners of the things that other people experience that they wish they did it and they can help you not touch that hot stove sometimes right mm. um so that's also the advice like humble yourself and and open your mind and understand that you still have so much to learn and so much to experience and there are people in the world who can provide that for you and then lastly i would say try not to take yourself too seriously because man <laughs> these times like being first of all working with if you're working with children and you take yourself too seriously, you are going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. You are going to be <laughs> miserable. <laughs> they are going to come for you left and right, unintentionally most of the time. So try not to take yourself too seriously. Have a good sense of humor about it. And being open-minded is huge because especially in international schools, international spaces, you're going to encounter people from cultures you have never even heard of. And you have the opportunity to learn from them, but you also have the opportunity to cause harm and to offend. And you don't want to do that. You want to lessen those um, moments as much as possible. So being open-minded, being open to learning, being open to experiencing is a huge, huge, huge part of it. Definitely. And, you know, everything that you mentioned, all these qualities and characteristics of someone being open-minded, you're going to need these to be a well-rounded counselor. Am I right, Whit? Like, Absolutely. Like, in your mind, what is a well-rounded counselor, Whitney? Um, I think if I'm describing what I have 
tried to be and what I've experienced, I think a well-rounded counselor is somebody who knows their own limitations. I think that's important. Um, and that's just being a well-rounded human being, an adult. Like, again, if you wanna be responsible for guiding and supporting other people, you have to know your own limitations. And that's what we were talking about earlier about work-life balance. How dare I talk to an IB student, an IB diploma program student about work-life balance when I'm not doing it myself. So mm -hmm. being on the journey and being honest about your journey and being open about it, I think is a huge part of it, right? Not taking yourself too seriously, not thinking you know everything and that you've been there, done that, like letting your students know, yeah, you know, I'm I'm having trouble with this as well, or procrastination is something that I've always struggled with. And these are the tools and strategies I've used. Um, being open-minded, having a sense of humor is huge. Uh, nobody wants to be around somebody who is just so taking themselves so seriously that they can't see the fun and humor in the difficulties of life or the challenges of life. Because that's usually what we're supporting people with. Some of the hardest, most challenging moments of their lives. We're not always going to be around for like the fun, light, um moments usually it's usually it's usually the heavier more challenging moments so having a bit of humor having a bit of levity definitely helps um reflecting on your own experience i think is huge too uh i i find that adults because we're so consumed with our daily lives we don't always get the luxury to reflect and connect with what our childhood or our histories have brought us to or our inner child is is desiring um so that's also something like really taking time to connect and reflect on your own experience and not getting too caught up in the day-to-day -day adulting because that definitely robs you of the joy that you're going to need in order to do this work and to be a well-rounded counselor that is like the epitome everything you said i was like yes 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 <laughs> yes yes can say that again. Yes. You know, it was amazing. <laughs> Everything. And this is why I created this space. I wanted to create a, this idea of community. So anybody who is listening, you don't even have to be a counselor. These are just skill sets right. to, to use in any kind of career, whether you yeah. are leading a team, whether you are um, becoming an entrepreneur or you um, are figuring out your next career move. These skills help you just become a well-rounded person in any area yeah. of your life. And, and you know, this the, the idea is to share this with people who would like to become a counselor or like to change their practice or go from, you know, social, emotional to careers or whatever that looks yeah. like. And you, you said that so eloquently and beautifully. And I thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. So Whitney, <laughs> if people wanted to get in touch with you because they connected with what you were saying and they just want to know a little bit more about your story and just connect with you, how can they do that? Well, um, Instagram is always a great place to start. It is Whitberries, W-H-I-T-B-E-R-R-I-E-S on Instagram. And then my email address is WhitneyAmandaH at gmail.com. Um, I'm always happy to share uh, experiences or advice um, with people. I have a lot of friends who have done the same for me, who have reached out to me or allowed me to reach out to them for questions or concerns or advice about where to start, how to get started. I do a lot of work with um, current college students or stu college students who are about to graduate, kind of supporting them with like next steps of like, if I didn't want to go abroad, how would I go about doing that? So I'm always open to emails of that nature um, and supporting people in doing, taking those steps because it can be a little scary and I'd love to support people with doing that. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to leave those details below in the show notes. So if you do want to get in touch with Whitney, she first of all, get in touch with her because she's just incredible and she's amazing. <laughs> and you need a Whitney in your life because I know I do. And secondly, she is an expert in her craft. She knows what she's talking about. Um, and just so she just says things that are like, aha moments and they give you so much clarity. So I encourage you to reach out to her if anything she said in this episode is resonating and connecting with you. And I thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And I cannot wait to catch you all on the very next episode. So stay in touch, stay close in community, and we'll catch you soon. Did you love the episode? I hope you're feeling inspired and no longer feeling alone out there and you're ready to evolve and become a better person. Make sure that you share this podcast or take a screenshot and post it on your social media. That's how you help spread this podcast organically and people can find it much easier when you share or share it with a loved one. I'm your host, Katrina Marie, and make it your mission to be a blessing in someone else's life today.